some reason in my mind, I wasn't supposed to teach until next month. Um, and so I, uh, Sunday, I was praying. I said, God, what do you want? What do you want me to teach? And I was hoping it was something that I already had kind of maybe went through and had prepared and, and it wasn't. So, um, I, I really believe in my heart that, that, uh, this lesson is here and it's because someone's asked God <laughs> some questions and I believe, uh, Whoever that is is going to get some answers today. Um, I think also though, the, uh, those who already know these things, there will be uh, clarification and uh, a foundation, more of a foundation built on these things, these truths. And um, I'm hoping also that um, you'll be learning some new things also. So, um, so let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that... Um, every day we have new fresh manna to eat from you. Uh, Lord, just a word from you today, and we just uh, thank you for your spirit who is our teacher. We, th we thank you, Lord, that your word is spirit, it is truth, and it is truth that sets us free. And I just pray, oh, Holy Spirit, that you would bring it to us, that you bring it to me, you bring it to all of us, that we would see, that we'd understand, and be able to walk in these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to welcome everyone here. I'm so excited that you're all here. Hallelujah. We're going to be talking about uh, an interesting subject. We're going to be talking about the earth, the heavens, and who rules them. So um, there's a lot to this. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get as far along as I can and not, not keep you guys past the, the time limit. But uh, I believe it'll be worth it. So... It says in Genesis 2 and 1, thus the heavens, notice heavens is plural, and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. So at the end of creation, this is what, uh, what God said. So number one, let's look at the earth, all right? The earth was created, you know, by God through his word, through the power of the spirit, right? So he did all these things. He created all this for man. Right? He didn't put man here to take care of the earth. The earth was put here for man. Right? It's almost like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna make a habitat for your fish or your whatever, and then, then you once it's done, the whole reason you did everything you did is for that fish or that hamster or whatever, you know. You made something that was gonna be suitable, you know, for them so that they could flourish and you hope they flourish. <laughs> But uh, God made everything perfectly. He knew exactly what we needed as man that he was going to create. But when everything was done, then he put his crowning jewel in there, which was man. Um, when he created, let's see, uh, Psalms 115 and 16, says the heaven, let's say man was given the earth to rule, by the way. So that's your fill-in for A. Psalms 115.16 says, The heaven and the heavens, again, plural, are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. He gave us control of the earth. We had dominion over the earth. All right? So B says, Everything we can see, touch, smell, experience is part of the earth realm. He has given us authority over all these things. And C says, but also, did you know that everything in the earth realm is ruled, 
are governed by the spirit or heavenly realms. Hold on a second. My answers uh, sheet where it was in there. <laughs> so, um, and you can see that it's in Matthew 16 and 19. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay. So right now we're, you know, we're talking about the earth and the earth. Man was given dominion over the earth. But man also was a spiritual being. All right. And uh, man was also given authority over what we're going to call the first heaven. All right. And we're going to define where that first heaven was. Um, I've got it kind of divided up a little bit. So, you know, we're going to talk about it and then explain it some more as we go. Um, I tried to make it to where it would the, the lesson would flow. And I, I believe this is the, the best way. But understand that when God put man here, he was both physical and spiritual. Right. He had dominion so that when he spoke and said, OK, um, mountain, uh, I don't like you there. Actually, I don't want you there at all. Be cast in the sea. Guess what? That mountain had to obey. Because he not only had physical authority, he had spiritual authority. So Jesus would not have said that what he said about that unless it was possible. And I believe it was possible before Adam, Adam fell, okay? Uh, Adam and Eve were created physical and spiritual beings and rolled both the physical world and the spiritual world or the first heaven. We really do not understand how much was lost when Adam sinned, Right? There's so much we lost, and I don't, I, I mean, we only, I think we only know a part of what was actually lost. <clears throat> Such as when Adam and Eve sinned, they found they were naked. It wasn't that they had clothes. I believe they were clothed with the glory of God. Just as God shines, you know. I believe they shine because they were they were spiritual beings, but you know, and, and they had spent all this time in the presence of God. The other other place to look at is that Moses spent time directly in God's presence, and what did he do? He glowed so much that it frightened the children of Israel, and, they, and so he, what he did, he would he put a mask over him or something to the veil that he was shining because it frightened them, you know. Um, so when they sinned, that glory, that light left. We lost so much <laughs> when Adam and Eve sinned. Also, it talks about, you know, one part of the curse for Adam was you're going to have to work the fields with, by the sweat of your bow with your own hand now. Because I believe he was able to go out and, you know, and see a field. And you know what? Eve loves daisies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, right now, daisies grow in this field. And I believe those daisies would grow in that field beautifully. But after the fall, what he had to do is he had to go out there and pull everything up himself by the sweat of his brow and find the seeds and plant the seeds and water the seeds and do all these things. How much 
did we really, really lose <laughs> when Adam sinned? We lost a lot. Both Adam and Eve were created physical and spiritual beings and ruled both the physical world and the spiritual world, or the first heaven. So now we're going to talk about the three heavens, okay? So uh, how many knew that there, there was three heavens? I only knew, knew about it because I, I was taught. I wouldn't have been able to get this without, without some help. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to talk about the first heaven, all right? So in Genesis 1 and 20 says, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and, and let the birds fly above the earth across the firmament, face of the firmament of the heavens. So one of the heavens is between the physical earth and the firmament right before you go into space. Okay, and that's important to understand, too, because that is where we had authority over. But we lost that authority when we when Adam sinned. All right. So second heaven, it is what is beyond our atmosphere. That's where the sun, the moon and the stars dwell. Second heaven is your fill in. So Genesis 1, 14 through 19 says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens. So here's another heaven he's describing. To divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for the lights in the firmament of heaven, and to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light, the, the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light on the earth and to rule over the, over the day, over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning was the fourth day. So the second heaven is basically outer space. All the stars, all everything out there, that is where the second heaven is. The third heaven, yes, a was the first heaven. B is the second heaven. And then C is the third heaven. Now, the third heaven is where Jesus is now. This is where God, this is God's abode. This is where he is, what God himself is. All right? So, um, John 14, 1 through 6 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also. In me, uh, uh, in my Father's house, are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas is like, what, Lord? I, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> um, how, can, how can we know the way? Come on. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is talking about the Father's house, his abode. Heaven is God's abode. It's where he dwells. The reason it is heaven is because God's there, right? Wherever God is, that is where heaven is, right? So, but... There's a third heaven, so beyond the first heaven, beyond the second heaven, there is the third heaven, and it is, it's God's abode. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 says, I know a man, and this is, 
This is Paul. He's talking about another man, but I really believe he's talking about himself. He goes, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Okay, the third heaven. <clears throat> so um, John also experienced this. Revelations 4, 1 and 2 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the, the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one who sat on the throne. I believe anywhere in heaven you are, the third heaven, you're going to see God. You can't help it because all of heaven is his glory, his majesty, everything is, is just displayed. And so your, your eyes, the first thing your eyes is going to set on because you're not going to be able to help it is you're going to see God seated on his throne. And a lot of people are like, what are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I don't know about you, but I'm going to fall on my face <laughs> before him and worship him and say, you are God. You are the Holy One, you know. And then I'm going to look and I'm going to see Jesus, my Lord and my King, on his right hand. And I'm going to say, you are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. And you made this happen, Jesus. <laughs> One day we're all, as Christians, going to be, be able to see God. Be able to go up there and be in that third heaven where God is, to be where he lives. And how glorious is that going to be? Wow, glorious. So we have established there's three kingdoms, or three, um, sorry, three heavens. The one right up in our atmosphere, and then space is another heaven, and then, then where God dwells is the third heaven. Okay? And this is actually important, especially understanding, standing, um, the first heaven and what happened at the fall. Now we're going to talk about kingdoms, okay? So where there is a king, there is a dominion of that king. And that's where we get kingdom from. So A is the kingdom of man. Man once ruled the earth and the first heaven until he was tricked by the devil and bowed the knee and gave up the kingdom rule of the first heaven. Why was it so important that the devil said, Jesus, I'll give you everything if you just bow the knee? <laughs> Whether we understand it to us, it might be something simplistic. But what it means is that you're giving, you're basically placing yourself under the authority of another. And whether Adam understood, Adam and Eve understood this or not, that's exactly what they did when they gave in to the devil. When they ate of the fruit, they chose to not believe God to be true and then believed in what the devil was saying and then they bowed the knee and they gave up everything. That's sad for them, sad for us. So B says, the kingdom of darkness. Satan came and tricked Adam, man's representative, and stole the kingdom of man and made it his kingdom. The kingdom of sin and darkness. The kingdom of darkness. 
So he ushered in his kingdom. His rule now was over the first heaven and then also the earth. He ushered in something that had never been before, sickness, disease, pain, suffering, death. All these things came at the fall. He is the one from his rule coming in, introduced all these things. It was his reason. It wasn't God. It was him. It was the devil. He ushered in these things. Um, let's see. Many question that Satan is the ruler of this world, but Jesus did not. Matthew 4, 8 and 9 says, Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, said to him, All these things I will give you give you if you fall down and worship me it wouldn't have been a true temptation if that wasn't true but it was true he did have he did own the first heaven in every kingdom he had rule over it and he could have given that to jesus but jesus was not tricked at all he's like get behind me satan (laughs) who are you trying to fool (laughs) you're not fooling me you know I will worship the Lord and him only will I worship. And he was able to, as man's new representative, that did not bow the knee. So, um, uh, let's see, rulers of the world, if rulers of this world had known. So, 1 Corinthians 2 and 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. So the rulers of this age, that was the devil and all his, domi- all his, dom- his dominion, you know, are his minions, okay? If they had known that this was, Jesus was going to come and do what he did, that by dying on the cross and paying for our sins and rising again, having defeated this death, he was going to take the kingdom back. As the devil tricked Adam and Eve, Jesus tricked the devil, Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Because if the devil knew that was going to happen, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. So uh, number three says, the prince of the power of the air. This is who the devil is known as. We are all born into this kingdom, born in sin. A lot of people, they think they're okay. They think, well, I'm not that bad. You know, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, so I should be okay. I hope so anyway. <laughs> so God should accept me. But we need to understand that we're all born in sin. We're all born into this kingdom of darkness and sin. Because of that, we, when we're born, belong to that king and that kingdom. When... Someone who is a slave is born in a, you know, in a house of a slave. Who, when a slave has a child, that child then becomes a, a slave also. They have no choice. And we don't have a choice when we're born into this world. All have to come and know and understand that they are underneath a king and a change needs to, to happen.
we have to basically repent. And we'll get to that in just a minute. <laughs> I'm going, getting ahead of myself. So we're looking at C now. Jesus rules now over the first heaven. So in Matthew 28, after Jesus died, was buried, and then rose again, this is what he said. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All right? Um, so what the devil took, Je Jesus was able to take back. All right? He now has the authority over the first heaven and the earth. All right, so um, number one says, he set up a new kingdom, the kingdom of light. So Colossians says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Jesus set up a new kingdom. We have a new king on the scene. Now, did the devil go away? No, unfortunately, he's still here. Unfortunately, he's still has a kingdom, and he has subjects underneath him, whether they like it or not, or even know it or not. You change kingdoms when you say, God, I am sorry that I was part of this kingdom, <laughs> you know, but I see that you pay paid the way. You died on the cross for me, and so now I'm turning away from the kingdom of darkness, and now I'm bowing the knee to you, my new king, I'm turning my back on this other kingdom. Now I'm going to follow you. You are my new king. And when you do that and you mean it from your heart, then you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into king the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of light. You have a new king. And, oh, and that is a very good thing. Because as, as bad as the devil was, Multiplied million times is how good our King Jesus is. A kingdom, what's going on in the kingdom is the result of the rule of the king or who is governing, right? Here in the United States, we had some amazing founders and understood biblical principles. And they truly lived and, and um, believed and, and walked in the understanding that it is, it is we are one nation under God. And they tried to follow God with all their heart in everything they did. And because of that, God has exalted this nation, right? Because if, if you take God out of it, out of the situation, why is God? The United States so blessed. There's no other reason except God. It's not because we were smart or anything else. It's because of God. God exalted this nation. You know? And I know we have problems, but I tell you what, the whole rest of the world is trying to get here. Why? Because of how we're governed and the benefits that comes from that government. There is no nation in the world that has the benefits that we have here. That's why they want to come here. 
Well, Jesus has set up a new kingdom, and he has some pretty amazing benefits. So much better than what the, you know, the devil, the kingdom of darkness has to offer. He now has healing, provision, peace, love, you know. He has the Holy Spirit to, to, to live in us. Oh, my gosh. So many. And they basically take the Bible, and it's full of, of promises and benefits. That is your, your, your book of benefits. So if you want to know what your benefits is now, you, need to, you have to open up the Bible, and you can see all the thousands and thousands of benefits that we have now in and through our new king. Because we're in a new kingdom. Kingdom, understanding kingdoms and rule is very important. All right, so two says the kingdom comes without observation and is within you. So John 3, 5 and 8 says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The reason this is important is, is that when you bow the knee and you come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, a change takes place. But this is a change you can't see with your physical eyes, you know, um, you can't hear it. You can't touch it. Why? Because it's within you. The kingdom is within you. Nothing has changed out here. It's all the change has happened in you. All right. Um, Luke 17, 20 and 21 says, Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here, or, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. We carry the kingdom of God. All right? So understanding kings, dominions, and who, whose you are. It's almost like though we belong to a different kingdom, we're still in the kingdom of darkness into, in this world. It seems like the world hasn't changed yet. Well, what has changed is what the, what's within us, okay? One of the things that, you know, um, Paul said is we're like ambassadors, you know, of Christ. An ambassador is sent from another country to represent their country, right? Their, their whole, their, their place where they live in this foreign country is to represent their, their government, their king, um, and everything about them, all their customs, um, the things they eat, you know, how they eat, the silverware, whatever, everything, you, when you walk in there, it is supposed to represent the kingdom, all right? Well, that's what's going on on the inside of you. Everything inside of you is now new and should be a representation of God, okay? But what happens is when you go, you go outside, and um, I don't know, I, I, I like looking at, you know, spy movies and all these different things. And you know, the, uh, the, the police will pull over a car, and those cars have diplomatic immunity. 
all right? And so when we go out here, you know, the, uh, what, the government that we're, we're actually going into is the kingdom of darkness. Because the kingdom of God is in you, and you're, wherever you're going, you're carrying it, all right? So all of a sudden, you know, the police pull over this car, that ha- and the people have diplomatic immunity, right? They're like, uh, sir, you were speeding, or, and you were doing this. We need you to get out of the car. And they say, no. What do you mean, no? You, I'm the law. You have to. No, I don't have to. Because I am not subject to your laws. I am only subject to the laws of my government, my kingdom. So it's almost like the devil's coming to you and knocking on your window asking you to open up. I've got sickness and disease for you, and you have to take it. And he said, no. (laughs) I've got immunity. I don't have to take it, and you can't make me take it either. Oh, yes, I can. Don't you know that every year, every year around this time, that it's flu season, so you have, you have to take the flu. No, <laughs> I don't. I have, you're, I'm not underneath your authority. I don't have to take it. I will not take it. So the answer is no. Oh, 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 you know, you're about to go around this way, and you're going you're gonna to have all this lot going on. You're not going to be able to pay your mortgage or whatever. No, no, no. God provides for me in every way. Because, you know, an ambassador, they don't have to pay for nothing. It's all provided for by the king, by the kingdom. What are you talking about? Devil? God's got it. He's, What? It's a whole new mindset of who you are and whose kingdom you belong to. Okay? Now, I wish when Jesus took the keys of heaven, you know, and the earth, that he took everything physically too. But he did not yet. And a lot of people get confused. They're like, why is this? Why is that? Why is this going on? It's because Jesus has not received his kingdom yet and came come back to rule. But he is going to. So hopefully you guys understand it. But wherever you go, you carry the kingdom. You carry the diplomatic community, you know. So we know from a lot of our um, brothers and sisters that when they, wherever they go, they carry the kingdom. And you know that you can extend the kingdom out past just where you are. And when you, when you walk into a place, you can just say, now this place is mine. This place now is under the rule of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. And devil, you have no authority here. I use that a lot when I go into hotels. Because there's some really bad things happen in hotels, y'all. <laughs> Demonic things. But when I go in the room, I immediately inform whatever spirits might be there. The child of the king is here. In Jesus' name, get out. You stay out. As long as I'm here, this place is mine. And you will not step footing here.
I've had times, you know, when I've gone out of, out of town and worked, and I was so tired <laughs> that I got, I didn't even, I'd take my shoes off and fall in the bed and go to sleep. <laughs> and one of those nights, I went in there, and I had checked in, and I just went in there, and I did exactly that. I pulled my shoes off, fell in the bed, and just fell asleep. In the middle of the night, the bed literally, or not literally, but it felt like it was literally, the bed closed around me to where I, was, I couldn't breathe. I was trying to breathe. I couldn't breathe. And I said, in the name of Jesus, the bed went boom. And I could feel the, this evil presence just run out of the room. So I said, oh, I, did, I forgot to pray. <laughs> I don't know what that demon thought he was about to do, but I said, in Jesus' name, I plead the blood <laughs> over the floors, the ceilings, the walls, and everything, the doors, in Jesus' name. This is my place. Devil, you get out and stay out. And then I was able to go back to sleep in peace. The devil has no dominion over you any longer. You have the right to say no. You have a pain in your, your, your hand or make, oh, and the devil's like, oh, that's arthritis. It's, it's coming. You've got it. And you can say, no, I'm not taking that. That has nothing to do with me. I'm a, I'm a part of a new kingdom. And in this kingdom, he paid for all my healing. I am healed, I am whole, and I am free. That's a new kingdom. Hallelujah. It's a blessed kingdom. All right. Well, uh, number three is, what is the kingdom of God? So in uh, Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not something physical, physical, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy that comes from the Holy Spirit that is within you. That is why you have the kingdom, because you have the Holy Spirit within you. So D is Jesus, Jesus' return and thousand-year reign and his kingdom on the earth. And you know what? I, I, I put Revelations, all of chapter 19 and part of 20, talks about Christ's return. And um, I'm going to give that to you for homework. So I'm going to just try to concise it. When it is time, at the end of the seven years of tribulation, Jesus is going to come back. And guess who he comes back with? He's going to come back with all of us. Those who are in heaven, but he's, he, we're going to come back with him. He's going to be on a white horse, and we're going to follow him down. And there's a battle going to be, uh, occur. But we're not even ha- going to have to fight. Matter of fact, Jesus doesn't even have to fight because he has all authority and power. That's all he has to do is speak. And the enemies that came against him that said, no, we will not him have him as king, they were all, they were all destroyed. Okay? And guess what? He then sets up his physical kingdom here on the earth. And he rules physically from Jerusalem with us. I believe, just as a lot of the parables saying, you know, I'll give you, you were faithful and, and a little, now I'm going to make you ruler over much, you know. 
Uh, you're going to have three kingdoms. You're going to have, uh, yeah, I'm going to put you over six kingdoms. I'm going to put you over, you know, ten kingdoms. We're going to rule and reign in our king's behalf in his name over this earth. This is going to happen for a thousand years. So at the end of the thousand years, the devil's going to come, the devil's going to be released because at the beginning of the thousand years, the devil's going to be put into a, the pit and then changed to where he cannot affect the, the hearts and the minds of men. At the end of the thousand years, he's going to be released again. And those, and he's going to go out and he is going to try to get the, the hearts and the minds of men again. And guess what? He does it. It's amazing me to even think that the king of glory that you could see you could touch (laughs) that you would still turn against him even though he is so good and so kind and gentle in every way but the devil does it and so then another war ensues and guess what the same same thing happens the armies come against him and just by a word his words they're all destroyed Now, at this time, God himself will bring his abode down to earth. Now, a lot of people are thinking, oh, when we get to heaven, well, that's our destination. But our destination is not heaven. It's actually just a holding place until heaven itself is just brought down here to earth. Where is, is the heaven, our third heaven? It is with God. Well, he is going to bring the third heaven down to earth. And I didn't put these scriptures in here, but, well, maybe I did. Let's see. God himself and his abode will come to earth. Let's see. Uh, that's Revelation 21. You can, you can read that. Um, 2 Peter 3, 10 through 13 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will dissolve, what manner of person ought you to be? To be holy in conduct and godliness, looking for the hastening and the coming, coming of, the, of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. There's going to be a time at the end of um, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and that great war happens. Then God will bring heaven down here. And because of his glory, I believe all this natural stuff is is going to be completely burned up. It is not going to be able to stand before the Lord of glory. It is going to, it's going to catch on fire, be burned up, and the only thing is going to be is everything is going to be made new. I believe where God meant it to be to begin with. I believe he planned all this. It wasn't that he was surprised, you know, that Adam and Eve sinned. He had had this all planned from the beginning, and that he was going to have his abode here on the earth with man. And we're going to be able to enjoy it. The sun, the moon, the stars will all be gone. What we're going to be looking at forever is, is God and his glory, experiencing his love, his peace, and his joy, and his favor. It's going to be glorious. 
But what can stand in the presence of God? You know, sometimes we get a little taste of it, you know. Somebody prays for us, and God's glory starts coming down, and what happens? We fall. <laughs> wow. And that's just a little taste of his, his glory. Can you imagine him, his glory himself, coming down and touching this earth? It, I mean, it can't help but catch on fire and melt away. So um, I also added, what are some other places in the spirit realm? And these things are kind of important to know and understand um, because it also kind of sets up what Jesus did, all right? So there is a place called hell. And we were talking earlier, um, what is it, the Mirror Bible? Basically, someone took any kind of reference of hell out of it. They don't believe in hell. Well, Jesus sure believed in hell. <laughs> He talked about it a lot, you know. So I believe there is a literal place called hell, all right? So number one, your fill-in is hell, is a holding place for those who have not received Jesus, all right? Yes, the reason people go to hell is because of sin, but, but Jesus made a way for them to escape that. But they refused. Why? I have no idea. But they refused, and that's why they're in hell. So what's going to happen? What's happening in this place called hell? There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is what Jesus described in Matthew 8, 12. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer, outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can you imagine when you realize that the things that you heard were true? <laughs> And you did not bow the knee? You did not come into this new kingdom and escape this hell that, that this other kingdom was, you, you were headed to, even though that God made a way? Can you imagine the crying? <laughs> crying and knowing that your, your, your tears will never be answered? And just the sheer pain that you're grinding your teeth? That's a terrible place. Darkness. So B is a, term, a place of torment, torment, flames, hot, and no water. There's, um, Jesus told a story about uh, Lazarus the beggar. So Luke 16, 26 says, So it was that the beggar died and, and was carried um, by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Okay? The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment and Hades or hell, it's the same place. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy and send Lazarus that he may dip his, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in the, this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to you. It's a place of, of fire, thirst, torment, darkness, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. An absolutely terrible place. And who goes there? Those who have died who not, have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
Now there's another place, you know, talking about Abraham's bosom, all right? Um, and the other name for that, and this is number two, your fill-in, is paradise. Some people will read paradise and they think it's heaven, but that's, that's not what it's referring to. It's a different place. So paradise was a holding place for the righteous until Jesus came. All those who believed that there was going to be a Savior who believed in God, um, they were held into, in this place until Jesus came. They couldn't be redeemed until the Redeemer came. So God prepared a special place for them when they perished. So Luke 23, 43 says, And Jesus said to him, to the thief, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus is on the cross, and the, and the thief cries out, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. He believed in the Lord Jesus, and he got to go with Jesus to the place of paradise. So, Abraham, we know, was in paradise. We know Isaac and, and, uh, and Jacob, and we know this, this uh, beggar, Lazarus, for sure, was there. But everyone who trusted in God, who put their faith in God, was held up in this place. So A says, the righteous were held here until Jesus' resurrection, but now it is empty. There is no one in paradise Jesus died, he paid the price, and so now all these are with him in heaven. So Ephesians 4, 8 says, Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Those who were held captive in paradise, he, he, led, he, led, basically he led them to heaven. So Matthew 27, 52 says, And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Believer in, believers in Jesus now die and go to heaven. Okay? When Jesus rose from the dead, he emptied out paradise. And those saints of old that were in the holding, all of a sudden they appeared in Jerusalem, and they were walking around and appearing to people. <laughs> they had been set free. 2 Corinthians 5 and 8 says, we are, we are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So when you leave the body now, as a believer, you don't go to paradise. You go directly where the Lord is, which is heaven. Or in this case, now we know is the third heaven, where God is, where Jesus is. There is another spiritual place that we're going to talk about, which is number three, and it is the lake of fire. So the lake of fire is the forever holding place for the devil and his angels and all men that don't receive Jesus. People don't go to hell because of sin. They go to hell because of rejecting Jesus, by the way. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you know that the lake of fire wasn't prepared for man? It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But because we bowed the knee, Adam bowed the knee to the devil, we become part of his kingdom. 
And the judgment that the devil is going to receive will then also pass to all those who are in his kingdom. Okay? So number one says, when will the devil meet his demise? When will we get rid of this stinking devil? <laughs> At the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. Revelations 20, 7 and through 10 says, Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from prison and go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for, to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on, on, on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven, devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. They will be in torment day and night forever and ever. Finally, Lord, our enemy who has done all these things to us is finally where he, he, he deserves to be. So uh, two says, at the great white throne judgment, the judgment of the ones who did not receive Jesus. That's when it, the judgment's going to happen. At the end of that thousand-year reign of Christ, first who's going to be judged is the devil. But then all those who did not receive Jesus, they will be judged at this time. Okay? So Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the, her the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was no... Um, no, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And that's where, we're, that's where our names are, by the way. And we're not going to be judged at the great white throne judgment, by the way. Those, the believers, we have a different judgment. Uh, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death in Hades, which is hell, delivered up the dead who were within them. So even hell itself is just a holding place until this, this, this day of judgment. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades also were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Praise God when we bow the knee to Jesus Christ. When we make him our Lord and our Savior, our names are then written in the book of life. To escape this judgment, this great, great white throne judgment, if your name is written in the book of life, and so that you pass from judgment onto life, you get a free pass through Jesus. Hallelujah. You're not going to be judged by any evil thing or anything that you've done. You're only going to be judged that you received you are received into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So, um, number three says, who were the first two thrown into the lake of fire? Do you guys know? The beast and the false prophet. So, you're filling in is beast and the false prophet. Revelation 19.20, then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped in his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. At the end of the seven years, when Jesus comes to set up his kingdom, 
These two were judged, the first ones judged, the first ones thrown into the lake of fire. A thousand years later, after the thousand year reign of Christ, the devil then will be judged, he will be thrown in. And then all those who have not received Jesus Christ, as the Lord said, they also too will be thrown in. How sad, you know. A lot of people are like, there's got to be another way. Well, you know what? God made one way, and that way is only Jesus, you know. And if you really understood how much it took, how much love it took, and how much sacrifice it took for even God to become a man, you know, and die on the cross for you so he, we could even have a way to escape this final destination. Because without Jesus, guess what? We would have all wound up there. But thank God that he loved us so much that he sent Jesus to pay the price, set up another kingdom. And if we are to, to repent, to turn away from this, this evil, this darkness, and turn, turn to Jesus, the kingdom of light, bow the knee, you know, and then we are able to enter in. We're born again. We're in a new kingdom. Our names will be, are written in the book of life. And we're going to pass from judgment on to life. Hallelujah. Um, so I hope this was helpful. Hopefully this was insightful. Hopefully this opened your eyes to some things. Um, I know this is like a lot of information. Um, there was so much more I wanted to kind of share, but uh, there was no way to, to fit it in. I've already talked a lot. Um, but uh, I really believe there was someone here that was asking God because I had no intention of teaching this. And I kept praying, I kept getting this over and over, that this is what it was supposed to be t- be taught. And I'm like, well, what about something else? I've been lo- working on this. And God's like, nope, this is it. So I'm hoping whoever that was who asked, you know, you've got some some of your questions um, answered and that you understand. So um, anyway, let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus and with extremely grateful hearts. We thank you that you made and you have established a new kingdom that we can come in. It was established by your blood that you shed, your death, your burial, and resurrection. And then when you raised, was raised from the dead, you set up this new kingdom. And Lord, we come and we bow the knee before our king. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You're the Lord of glory. You're the Lord of love. And we just thank you, Lord that I know that anyone who could really truly see and understand the love that you've shown us, Lord, they could not help but bow the knee to you. Oh, Lord, if there was ever a king deserving of everything we are, all our love, all our devotion, Jesus, you are that king. And Lord, every day, Lord, I pray, oh Lord, that we would just, in, with all our heart, we would bow before you and honor you our great King, our Lord, our Master, our Savior, who rescued us from hell, from, from the lake of fire, from the grave, who brought us into the new kingdom so that we wouldn't be subject to the devil any longer. Jesus, you did this for us. And we're so, so thankful. I just pray, O oh Lord, that every, every thought, every intention of our hearts, Lord, that we would show you honor. That everything that we, all the words we speak, all the actions, O Lord, that they would all honor you, our King. And that we would bring honor and glory to your name on this earth. 
Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.